Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. Well, as we are coming toward the end of our Family Matters series, we felt as though it was important uh, in families in general, but certainly in light of where we are as a nation and where families are finding themselves because of the pandemic, that we thought it was important to deal with this particular issue, and that is achieving financial agreement, Yes. What, how we deal with finances within our families. And uh, I find that sometimes, you know, people take the, the position, uh, that's not very spiritual, you know, uh, where's a chapter and a verse. But the reality is that Jesus spoke of money over 800 times in the Bible. And so if it was important enough for him to reference it, I think it's important enough for us to understand it. So today we're going to be dealing with um, achieving financial agreement and really kind of dealing with it in three sections. First and foremost, we want to talk about why we have money fights. Uh, and we might as well just call it a money fight. A money fight. Right? Mm -hmm. How to avoid money fights. And then ultimately, when we can avoid it, what do we do when financial conflicts arise? So let's, let's just jump right in. So why do we have uh, money fights? Well, <laughs> differing family backgrounds and lifestyles. Yeah, yeah. Differing families background. You know, when we, people come together in a family, like in a marriage, mm -hmm. what happens is this. <clears throat> Imagine every person, the husband bringing a, a suitcase, another suitcase, another suitcase, and the next thing you know, there's just baggage and baggage and baggage. <laughs> and then the wife bringing baggage and baggage and baggage. Absolutely. And they're trying to merge these two lives together. Yeah. And so differing family backgrounds mm -hmm. because, hey, I, the way my family did it was the way my family Absolutely. did it. And in our minds, many times we think that that's the only way that it can be sure, done. Sure, sure. Or should be done. Exactly. And, around, and we bring baggage about everything yes. when we come into relationships. Mm -hmm. But certainly something that would impact us financially would be if, a fam if you come from a family, let's say, where there was less abundance, and so maybe there was more uh, frugality, mm -hmm. uh, or maybe you come from a family where they were savers, uh, they always counted the cost, and then the other person comes from um, a more abundant, let's say, mm -hmm. mindset where they trust that money's always going to be there mm -hmm. and so they spend more freely. So, you know, that can, that can create some issues right. because of those differences. Um, another difference is differences about uh, uh, perspectives on money, mm -hmm. how we see money. And most times people don't talk about how, how do you see money? Some mm -hmm. people see money as a means of control. 
pay the cost to be the boss. <laughs> <laughs> Some people see money as a, as a means of security. Or do you see it as a means of independence? Mm-hmm. Having money gives me freedom to do what I want to do. Um, a, a means of nurturing, mm-hmm. a, a way to use the money to be able to help other people or do for others. And sometimes people see money as a means of status. I got yes. to tell you this story. <clears throat> yeah. Um, we were, I'll never forget, we were looking at a car one time and this salesperson was trying to sell us a car. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was like, if you drive this car, there's, people are going to think of you as this and they wanna, they're going to have a high view of you. And I'm thinking... I've got to pay for it. They're not paying for it. What are you talking about? But again, people see money, vehicles, that kind of thing as mm-hmm. a means of status. Yeah, money and what money can buy. Mm-hmm. So we do have to answer those questions. How do I see money? What does money represent? Mm-hmm. Um, also, sometimes we get into money conflicts within our families uh, because of differing spending styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, bulk versus Frequent shopping trips. Okay. Uh, when we first got married, let me tell you, let me tell you the story. Let me have um, some tea. Um, I came from a family, you know, where I, I have one sister and I have four brothers. And basically my sister and my mother would go shopping every weekend. And they would come back with maybe one bag, one package or something like that. But it wasn't, they didn't spend a whole lot of money because they went often. Fast forward, I get married to Dean. So, Dr. D, Pastor Dean, <laughs> she takes me to um, go, wants me to go shopping with her. And so, you know, I go shopping with her. <laughs> and uh, what I found out is we were in a clothing store, Lord and Taylor. Yes. <clears throat> and so, she gets everything that she wants to try on and she wants to take it all into the dressing room to try it. Because I only want to take off my clothes one time. I'm telling the story. All right. So now what happens is this. She she takes everything in and uh, she tries on what she wants to try. Next thing, I know she rolls out this cart and I'm thinking, oh, these are are the clothes that you're taking back because there were a number of items on one side then there was like one or two items on the other side. Mm -hmm. I said, I see that you found something. And she said, yeah. And I said, what? And she pointed to all the items on the other side. I froze. (laughs) Yay me. I froze. And let me tell you what I did. A wise man. I walked away and I said, Lord, I can't afford this woman because my perspective was based upon what my mother and my sister did. They would shop frequently. They went every weekend, but I found out, thank you, Jesus, that she doesn't, Deanne doesn't shop like that. She shops in bulk. bulk. And she does that maybe once a year or so yeah. on the, in the off season. Whew. But <laughs> can you see the potential for conflict? Yeah. Can you see where that, those differences come in and would cause a wedge to be driven in a relationship? Yeah, so you you would have had to go back to what lesson one or two and deal with, or maybe three and deal with communication. Ooh, Lord have mercy. You handled it well. You handled because yeah. I didn't know about the problem until much later, and he shared mm-hmm. it with me. But we have very different spending styles, or well, 
what he anticipated to be the spending style mm -hmm. for me was very different than what he was accustomed to. But also, um, a hunter versus a browser. Because, yeah. you know, you have some people, they're item-driven. Um, they're just going to get what they've got to get, get mm -hmm. it, and come on out the store. And then you've got some those people who are more uh, browsers, and they're going to keep looking for an item until it gets down to the price mm -hmm. that they want. Yeah. And again, I, I must say, different is not bad. Uh -huh. Different is just different. But it can create a conflict financially in your household yeah. if you don't understand each other's styles. Mm -hmm. So I'll go ahead and admit I am a bulk shopper. And I'm also a hunter. I didn't get the, the uh, shopping gene. I always say I just did not get the classic shopping gene. I know what I want. I'm going to go in and get Thank it and be done with it. <laughs> it might come up at a better price later on. That's wonderful. Great. But I want to just go ahead and get it and get out of the store. And then you've got the need, desire versus sale and opportunity. Mm -hmm. So some people are going to spend based upon a need or a desire. This is something that I need I can, or I conceive that I need it or I would like to have it versus this is on sale and there's an opportunity for me to buy it. Here again, uh, we had to grow to the place where he understood that I'm three for three. I'm in that category as well. Mm -hmm. Either I need it or I'd like to have it. I'm not going to buy it just because it's on sale mm -hmm. or, and I have the opportunity to get it. But if we don't understand how we treat money, how we see money, how we handle money, how we spend money, mm -hmm. it, there can be a potential for conflict around money. Yeah. And isn't it interesting that... Even in premarital counseling, in a lot of places, they don't deal with that. Right. One of the things that I love about um, the Gilstraps and our premarital counseling mm -hmm. team is that they spend an entire period of time dealing with couples yeah. on financial agreement. Yeah. Because this is the kind of stuff that can absolutely break down yeah. a relationship and break down a family. Right. And every family has a way that they deal with money. Absolutely. And so what we want to do when we're talking about the family merging lives together is yeah. difficult enough. But when you're talking about uh, merging families together around money. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord, yeah. it can be done. Yeah, it can be done. And you do not have to live in per a perpetual fight. That's true. <laughs> with uh, in terms of money, because you used to say all the time, ain't no fight, ain't no fight like a money like fight, a money fight. Yes. So yeah. how do we do? How do we avoid it? Yeah. How do we get around it? Yeah. <clears throat> the first thing I want to say is this. Listen to me. Establish a financial vision for your mm. family. Mm -hmm. I want to go to a scripture. Proverbs, you know it, chapter number 29 and oh, verse yeah. number 18. Yeah. Proverbs 29 and 18 says, where there is no, no revelation, yeah. but it's really, it's a prophetic vision where they, in the, listen to the principle, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. Mm -hmm. The King James, I believe, says where there is no vision. Other translation right. talks about where there is no prophetic word from God, meaning where there is no directive, where there isn't a given goal, 
Vision has to do with that which is coming into view. Vision has to do with those things that are ahead of us. Mm -hmm. And he says, where there is no financial vision here, um, we're going to perish. And so what we're saying in terms of avoiding this fight is establish a financial vision for your family. I want to tell you something. When you're talking about... uh, uh, um, a financial vision and establishing another people, other people would say goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've heard this, make sure they're smart. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they're mm-hmm. smart goals okay. and that kind of thing. But when we're talking about a financial uh, vision, we have to agree on that vision. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and it's interesting. My mind went to, uh, you know, first of all, for the sake of transparency, I want you to understand, we understand what it is like to have not had enough or to make bad uh, financial decisions. And we have learned to make really good financial decisions. And frankly, I like living over here on the good financial mm-hmm. decisions. Um, and, and to that, oh, Lord, I don't want to get off. But go ahead. You are the sum total. Mm-hmm. of the decisions that you make. Yeah. If you continue to make quality financial decisions, your financial life will be so much better. Yeah. But if you live in constant violation of basic financial principles, you are going to encounter continual difficulty. Yeah, and we're going to talk a little bit yeah. about lifestyle changes and things like that. But where, what I was going to say is that this whole idea of vision, it doesn't always have to be huge. Right. I remember one time we made um, a financial vision. Do you remember we had, because we actually had a little written contract mm-hmm. that said we would not spend over X amount of dollars individually without consulting with the other one. Uh, and we would not use any credit cards for any spending that we wanted because we had a vision of, in front of us. It was something that we wanted to accomplish. We came together and we set that vision. Now, that was not the vision for our entire financial life for our family, but it was at least a segment and we started there. And so don't think when we say um, establish a financial vision for your family that this means that you have to sit down and have everything in right. place. No, maybe you, maybe the first part of the vision is identifying your different financial styles. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the first part of the vision. Whatever it is, you can take incremental steps until you get to the place where you have a fuller vision. Uh, I'm talking to you right now through the camera and I want to say, you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so one of the ways that we avoid financial conflict in our families is to establish a financial vision for the family And then the second way is we have to agree on how we're going to handle the first fruits. Yes. Personally, uh, and I say for us, we believe that we need to honor God first. Yeah. I believe that God owns it all. And so since he owns it all, we are stewards of his resources. 
what I believe the Bible teaches mm -hmm. is that we honor God first with the first fruits, meaning that we bring the tithe to the Lord. The tithe is holy and it's it, whether you give it or not, right. it's set apart for God. But I want to encourage you, make sure that you have agreement because you don't want you want God's blessing yeah. on your life. You don't want yeah. in any way to think, oh, well, I did not give, I did not tithe or anything like that. And yeah. so I'm concerned about that. But it's an invitation where you're inviting God into your financial yeah. life. Yeah. And I, I, I want to be really sensitive right here um, as a woman because I've had conversations with a lot of wives who um, say, I want to tithe, but my husband refuses to. And I never would counsel a woman to, to walk in disagreement with her husband. But that's one of those areas when I think it's important to sit down and communicate yeah. why it's so important to you. And maybe he is not there yet, but at least agree that perhaps from your income, it will be fine for you to tithe on your income and you continue to pray that he will come alongside. I mean, ultimately, we were both tithers before we married. And so that made it a little bit easier for us to be able to come together and say, you know, we're going to honor God first with the 10%, then we're going to give, you know, so we were able to establish our lives that way. Mm -hmm. But we also are sensitive to the fact that everybody who is in a family together may not be there yet. If you're not there yet, don't beat up on the other one. You prayerfully get to that place, but you do still have the conversation yes. about the importance of honoring God first. Uh, and I, I, I have to say it like this, mm -hmm. you know, uh, with, with the things of God, the math, it, he, God's math is not like ours. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely not like ours. And I won't get off on my uh, tithing testimony, but I'm going to tell you from what I know, I'm, I continue to be amazed at how God has honored our family mm -hmm. because we have honored him first. And we did it when we, it looked like we couldn't do it. Yeah. And I am just absolutely amazed. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how he does it. I can tell you that he does. So we have to establish a vision, a financial vision for the family. We have to agree on how we're going to handle the first fruits. And then I like to say it like this. Mm -hmm. We have to resist being one flesh with two wallets. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can't be one flesh with two wallets, meaning your money and my money, mm -hmm. your check and my check. It, it's not going to work. Now, I will say this. It, you do have to find a way to, to functionally work within the household. Mm -hmm. And I know it's hard to work with like one checking account and yeah. you have checks and I've got checks or you've got a debit card and I've got a yeah. debit card. Mm -hmm. So how do we get over that? How do we deal with that? Well, it depends on which stage of life we you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> When we uh, when when the when, when the change was strange and the money was funny, uh, we we uh, really in all of our lives had to in all of our married life had to come together and decide, okay, how are we going to do this? Well, we have at this we had three accounts. Well, no, in the early days we had one, mm -hmm. 
Oh, no, no, we did. Yeah. We had three, but we just didn't have much to put in it because we right. used to get our allowance. That's right. Right. So we had what we would call the house account. Yeah. So our paychecks. Our paychecks went into that. Yeah. And then um, she had her uh, her account and I had my account. And those, that, those were the monies that we were going to manage individually for the things that we were doing individually. That's se. because we got an allowance. We got an every allowance. Every pay period. And I think at the outset we would get $50 I or think so. Like it wasn't a whole lot. And because, uh, I mean, it, was, it wasn't. Things were tight. Things were tight. We had to do what we had to do. And so uh, we got our $50 allowance and, and then we had to pay the rest of the bills. I kind of want to, if, if you don't mind, go to the next one because I think it ties in a little bit to this, if it's okay. But just before you go there, because <sighs> the, I, I don't want you to leave this whole idea of the of we versus you or yours and mine. Okay. Because you mentioned you had a checking account and I had a checking account. But we both had access to all monies. Every account we had and have was mm. a joint account. Yeah. And so the mindset, I just don't want us to leave without understanding that it is a mindset that when we come together as a family, it is ours. It, yes. These are our resources. And surely everybody needs to have some freedom for spending and things of that nature. And that can be determined in your vision. Mm -hmm. As your financial standing gets more and more secure, but everything should be together. Yeah, that's that's the point I want to make. We, it's not if I had a roommate, my roommate would have her money and I would have my money and I would be responsible for this and she would be responsible for that. I didn't marry a roommate. No, you didn't. No, you this didn't. is my husband. This said. is our <laughs> our family. And so the dynamics change. Mm -hmm. And it is really now about when there's a reason when we marry people, we say in the two shall become one flesh. Mm -hmm. Quoting from Genesis. So the oneness carries over even to the wallet. Yeah. Now Amen. feel free to go on. Um, and you, here's the next thing. You have to decide who's best suited for handling the checkbook. Again, who's best suited? Now, we mentioned that we personally had three accounts. Mm -hmm. uh, mine, mine, and ours. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Mine, hers, and ours. Mine, but, mine, <laughs> and ours. But... Uh, but what I managed the money that that I had uh, that you know was in my account. She managed hers. But in terms of the house account, um, she does. She was doing this for a living. She was working in financial services and all mm -hmm. that. And and so I said, okay, sounds like you're pretty suited for that. <laughs> Sound like you know how to count. Pretty, pretty much, you can count to five, and we're okay. <laughs> Now, hear me, hear me. I couldn't let my male pride get in there and say, well, I'm the man and this is what I need to do. I need, woman, well, you know I need to handle this money. And you're bouncing <laughs> checks like the NBA basketball. <laughs> but, so I need to understand that she's best suited for that. Now, I could do it, but not, that wasn't the area of my, that I function in daily. Right, not really your expertise. But listen to this. We had equal knowledge 
and equal access. So she literally was physically writing the checks and paying the bills, but I had knowledge of what was going Mm -hmm. on. So it's not like the person who's handling the money is handling and hiding. That's right. There has to be equal knowledge and equal Equal access. access. Yes. But that did not mean I'm going to the ATM and I'm getting money out of the house account. No, no, no. I manage what I manage. She managed what she manages in terms of her personal. But the house, this is what we're doing. Yeah. And there's a very practical side to that as well. Um, I've I have seen where couples have been very separated in their finances and nobody ever thinks about the fact that there could be an issue. There could be, God forbid, if I'm driving home from work and I get in an accident and I'm no longer coherent, uh, I can't take care of anything. If everything, if I have things in my name singularly that he cannot access, then I now put our family in detriment. Mm -hmm. The family cannot function, vice versa. So many times we are not thinking about the detriment to our family if we keep things separated. We cannot then, we have to make sure that we make decisions financially that keep our family functioning if we become incapacitated. Heaven forbid, you know, even if we go on to be with the Lord, we need to make sure that things are such that the family can continue to operate. So I love that equal knowledge, equal access. But of course, our vision outlines how we're going to manage everything. Mm -hmm. So... I can get to his, uh, we call it his play money. I, I know the accounts and things of that nature, but I would never go in it. But if something were to happen to him, I have access to it yeah. so that I can do for him what he wants done and right. manage the things that he does out of that account. The other thing is this, we have to employ practical guidelines. Yes. You know, I know this is probably the boring stuff, but listen, you have to establish a budget. Mm -hmm. You have to establish some kind of budget. And this is something, again, very practical. This is something that we found to be really helpful. You heard pastor talking about me writing checks. Well, you know, I don't write checks anymore that much, but... We use a um, a computerized program, computer sure. software, to manage our finances. So whether I print a check or whether it's done through um, uh, an electronic transfer, whatever it is, everything is in there, mm-hmm. and that, uh, that does a couple of things. If you don't, you have to kind of first know what you, where your money is going, where, you, where it has to go mm-hmm. in order to establish a budget. So I was able to say, this is how much we need to put aside for mortgage. This is what we need to put aside for utilities and, and yeah. on and on. There's some things you just know the answer to that. If you look back on your bills mm-hmm. for the last 12 months to say, this is how much it costs to run our home. Yeah. This is how much it costs for groceries. We This came in really handy for us mm-hmm. because pre well, I was going to say pre-COVID, but actually it was long before mm-hmm. COVID hit. Um, we used to eat out a lot, but we were buying groceries. And we were saying, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Why, why are we seeing less money uh, in certain areas? And we 
decided, let's pay close attention to where we're spending money. We were able to look at our budget and see, ah, we're buying groceries, but we're eating out. Mm -hmm. And so some of the food that we're buying is perishing and we're not utilizing it. And we made a decision. We're going to cut down on eating out so that we are not duplicating monies there. It was an easy fix on our budget. We yeah. made the adjustment and everything was fine. So establishing a budget. And a budget is simply a visual representation of the vision that you've laid out for your family. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. And then setting individual spending limits. Yes. That was something that you talked about earlier, mm-hmm. uh, earlier on in our marriage. Yeah. Where at one point we said, okay, we were not going to spend, I think it was it $100? $100. We said if we spend, because mm-hmm. everything was extremely tight. Anybody spend above $100, we need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Because it of the impact that it was going to have on the overall family budget. That's right. Now, neither one of us could get prideful and say, I'm grown, I work, what am I, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. Where are we going? What are we trying yeah. to accomplish? Keep the vision in mind. Yeah. And that makes all the difference yeah. in the world. I think another thing under the, these are these uh, practical guidelines, establishing a budget, setting individual spending limits, agreeing on major purchases that exceed the limits. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when my husband starts looking at stuff or talking about stuff that we might be on our way to getting stuff. Mm-hmm. So now it's time and we have, we have the resources to do it, but we still practice the same yeah. thing. Just because you can spend it doesn't mean that you should spend right. it or that we should spend it now. And so really agreeing on those major purchases uh, that exceed whatever that limit is. And then keeping good records, that's another practical step, mm-hmm. and uh, reviewing bills and statements. I'm amazed at how many people don't open their mail. Yeah. I'm shocked. So he laughs at me because I reconcile bills to the penny. Yeah. I reconcile bank statements to the penny. I do it for the church to the penny. I don't believe in this rounding. No, I want to know to the penny mm-hmm. what this was. And if I, don't ident- if I can't identify some spending, then I want to be able to say, what was this for? But yeah. doing that, reviewing bills and statements really helps you with your budget because you can see where your spending is and where you can make adjustments. So all of those are just some of those like pr- practical yeah. steps. And we kind of touched on this next one uh, before in terms of how to avoid the money fight. Commit to making right choices and necessary lifestyle changes. Yes. There are things that you can do right now, a simple choice that you can make that can help you over the long haul. Just simple choices. Do you need every station in your, in terms of your oh, yeah. budget, you know, every, every station that's available with, with your uh, television, TV, television yeah. offering. Uh, do you need to uh, mm-hmm. look at streaming? Do you need, mm-hmm. what changes do you need to make? Uh, I'll give you something practical. <clears throat> we were talking about, a lot of people don't have landlines in their homes. Right. Because we are, we have cell phones. It's just that where we are, we were talking about that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes our cell phone reception isn't good. And so we just needed to have a landline. But there are practical things that you can look at making right choices and necessary 
lifestyle changes. I thought about something when you said that. You did something that I thought was so good. Um, because of the pandemic, you were not able to get to the gym, mm-hmm. but you had a gym membership that yeah. was charging a monthly fee mm-hmm. uh, to a card. And he said, let me first go, to, <laughs> let me call the gym and put it on suspension because mm-hmm. why am I paying this monthly payment when I know I'm not getting ready to go into a gym during the pandemic? And then after a time, he decided, you know what? I'm going to do something else. And so that money can be redirected someplace else. So it's those kinds of things. And they may seem small and insignificant, but you'd be surprised how spending can accumulate or or better said, how spending can get away from us and making these kinds of adjustments can accumulate to to reasonable uh, impacts in our finances. I was talking with a lady and um, she had her little, uh, just a little child that she was keeping. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's talking about how the parents I was, I was like, she's so mannerable. And she's like, yeah, she spent time with me. Uh, I'm like a grandmother to her. And mm-hmm. then she said, uh, all the parents are concerned with is her wearing name brand shoes wow. and name brand clothes. Lifestyle adjustments. Who cares what name is on your shoes and right. on your clothes and all your clothes? You have nice things. I'm, I'm not opposed to nice things, but... Are you willing to make the changes to avoid the fight? Right. Or answer the questions, why do I need to have this back up where we were before? Does money mean status to me? Yeah. Because if money is status, then you might have some difficulty making lifestyle changes because now you feel as though you're not as important because you're not wearing what you used to wear or carrying the kind of purses that you used to carry. Um, And then finally, uh, refuse to allow financial challenges to define the atmosphere in your home. And that's something we we had to learn too. Because my darling husband, man, back in the day, back in the day, man, oh man, oh man, if, if something happened with the money, whoo, let us just say he wasn't as cute as he normally is. And since I like to be cute, <laughs> I had to have an attitude adjustment and not allow financial a financial situation to dictate my attitude. Yeah. As we've shared openly here, we've had gone through some difficult times uh, where we've seen lean times. And yeah. I'm talking real lean. Yeah. Um, but and it, and it really ate away at me. Um, at, it ate away at me as a man because I'm, I'm, I'm a natural provider. And when yeah. that is affected, it begins to eat away at who I think I am. But I had, God had to do something in me to let me know, son, you are more than your check. Yeah. You mean more to your family than you're just you bringing a check. You are important. And um, that's critical because what happens is this you begin to establish a stronger relationship irrespective of the strength of your finances. Now, I'm here to tell you, when you have a strong relationship, you can endure the challenges uh, because the challenges will come. But the thing is, don't let it defy. 
find the atmosphere of your home. If I have little, I'm going to be cranky. Mm -hmm. If I have a lot, I'm going to be happy. Yeah. No, 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 no. Whatever state I'm in, I've learned to be content. content. I've learned to be content. And the scripture says godliness with contentment is great Great gain. gain. Yes. So that's good, babe. Mm. So we dealt with um, why we have financial challenges, uh, how to avoid these challenges. And very quickly, we want to give you six things um, when conflicts arise, because I don't know if you've been following the entire series, but one of the things we dealt with conflict, and we talked about the fact that conflict will happen, and it happens to all of us. So even with the best plans, with a budget, with everything else, there can be times of conflict financially. Mm -hmm. And so what do we do? First and foremost, we pray with one another before the discussion. If we've got to have a discussion and you know that it's going to be difficult, (laughs) don't go in unarmed. Yeah. Don't go in unarmed. Put on the whole armor of God. Mm -hmm. Get Ephesians out and read it all. Pray. Get your heart right so that when we discuss, we're not talking at each other. We're talking to one another. We are not making the person the problem. We're dealing with the issue. We are isolating our financial situation, putting it on the table separately, and we're together. Yeah. Together, we're going to deal with this, but we have to pray before, yeah. uh, beforehand and pray with one another, as yeah. a matter of fact, That's before it. the discussion. Yeah, because what could happen is I'll look at it as you are the problem. Yeah. And the problem is the problem. Yeah. Second thing is agree on the rules of engagement. <laughs> That's a war term. <laughs> agree on the rules of engagement. Okay. How are we going to deal with this conflict? What are the rules of engagement? How am I going to, how am I going to engage in our conversation? Am I going to belittle you? Am I going to blame you? Am I going to say it's all your fault mm-hmm. and I take no responsibility, even if there is some, you know, Hmm. fault to go in a particular place, how you go at it is critical because what you do in that moment can leave a scar for the lifetime of the relationship. That's right. That's right. Because see, it's all fitting into this whole series of family matters, the whole thing, communication, conflict resolution, everything. You don't just sit it aside as one segment of your life. It works everywhere. Mm -hmm. So if, if we're talking about the children and I can't, uh, speak ill of you, mm-hmm. then I shouldn't do that when I'm talking about finances either. Right. Also, we've got to remain open and honest about our feelings. Um, and again, I think that that's really critical. I, I lose track of which one of the lessons, mm-hmm. but we dealt with that being honest. And, and I'll give you a tip. When it comes to finances, it's really good to be honest about where you are, uh, the way the lack of finances makes you feel. Mm -hmm. And so you don't go to your spouse or to your family and say, well, you're just spending too much money. No, 
I really want to share with you that when money is low, I get nervous. And I'm realizing that I might be, I might see money as more security than I even realize. So I feel insecure Mm -hmm. when we don't have the money that I think we should have. You see what I mean? It remaining open and honest about it, but making sure that you're not attacking that other person. And this uh, alludes to another previous mm-hmm. lesson. Mm-hmm. Employ the tools for good communication. Right. And you need to just go back and look at what <laughs> we talked about. But yeah. in terms of having, don't lose sight of your communication tools mm-hmm. just because you're in the heat of a money conflict. Yeah. So she's still a person. He's still a person. They still need respect. They still need to be honor, honored. They still need to be talked yeah. to and not at. Talk, having a conversation with where you reason together. Yeah, yeah. The other one, the fifth one is if you find yourself at an impasse, and that can happen. Yeah. So if you find yourself at an impasse, then you just back off and you prepare three alternatives that, you, uh, that you're willing to accept mm-hmm. so that you can reach a compromise. Yeah. So, you know... Um, Let's go back and use the tithing one. You're at an impasse now. And you feel like it's getting kind of tense. Mm-hmm. So maybe you say, look, I tell you what, we're at an impasse right here. You have one way of thinking. I have another way of thinking about it. Let's both go back and come and think through three alternatives that we maybe can consider. And we'll come back together and talk about those. And I know you might say, that just sounds so worldly. Listen, it's not. It's just yeah. good communication. And it's a good way to get the, uh, to get the other person's buy-in. Um, because you're, together, you're a family. Mm-hmm. What impacts one impacts everybody. Yeah. And so the person may say, well, I'm willing to give, I'm willing to give uh, the equivalent of Five percent of our of my gross income mm-hmm. to uh, to ministry at this yeah. point, but I I'm not willing yet to do, or I cannot, I don't feel comfortable yet at ten percent or whatever. Let them come back with yeah. a couple of alternatives, and then you think through and pray through those alternatives. It is better to help somebody move closer to agreement than to antagonize them further away from agreement. Yeah. And then the last one is keep your spiritual eyes open to the to the spot the tactics tactics of of the the enemy. enemy. I mean, the enemy's job is to steal, kill, and destroy. And if he knows that all I got to do is cause some kind of little wave in the area of finance, I can get them fighting like cats and dogs, you know. Uh, I can get them at each other's throat. Be aware of his tactics. Yeah. Because we fight an enemy who's real. But let me tell you, he's a defeated foe and the greater one lives mm-hmm. in us. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about um, fam- these family matters, your finances are, the way you manage your finances, the way you handle the finances mm-hmm. is critical to the life of your family. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. And so we can have a life where um, 
it's not just turmoil all the time. I was thinking about this particular scripture. Um, Jesus is speaking in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter number six. And I want to read it to you from the New Living Translation. Verse 31, he says, so don't worry about these Mm -hmm. things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all you need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Mm -hmm. Today's trouble is enough for today. Today. Yeah. So make sure that as you engage in terms of finances, you don't let this just suck the life out of you where it's all consuming, but involve God in it. And you'll be amazed at how he can give you wisdom. He can give you insight as to how to handle financial matters. And I believe that even the things that we've talked about today, yeah. just review it again, look at it again. Sure. And, and, and you can take your notes and, hey, take our notes. If it's going to help you, write down what we've said. Mm-hmm. And you'll be amazed that as you employ it, your life, your financial life can get better. Yeah. Well, I will say this to us as well. The reality is that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. And that means that you belong to God. Yes. It was his intention that you have a vital relationship with him more than even financial decisions is the decision to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Yeah. The most important decision that you and I will ever make is that one. And so before you try to plan and get a vision for your finances, make sure you have a solid vision yeah. for where you will spend eternity. And that's going to be pretty simple. It just takes praying and asking God to allow you to recognize that you are a sinner and you need a savior. Mm -hmm. And so you can pray something like this. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your love for me and that before I was born, you made provision for my sins to be forgiven and for my life to be in your hands. That provision was your son, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, Mm -hmm. be my Lord, and be my Savior. Help me to live in a way that glorifies the Father and helps others. I give you my heart, and I take your life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed anything even remotely close to that, I say welcome to the family of God. You are now a new creature in Christ Jesus. Now, we've prepared some information that's going to be vital to you. You You are born again. And as a new believer, you need 
to get information on how to continue your walk and your growth with the Lord. And so to help you with that, if you will text Accept Christ to 313131, we'll send you a download that's going to give you some vital information and help you with your walk. And then, of course, the information for our church is available online If you have questions or you need any other assistance and help in this walk, we'd be more than happy Mm -hmm. to help you in that. Amen. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.